What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you a football fan looking for the latest analysis and news on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're in the right place. Lock and deal, baby. Welcome to the Gen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Move those chains. Here's your host, Jordan. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 39th episode of the Gen Jag Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo. I'm here with my co-host, Scott Klein. We're without Hunter Evans today, unfortunately. He's getting hot and heavy into the football season or getting ready for football season over at Creekside High. He's a coach over there. So um, he won't be here with us today, but he is enhancing his uh, football mind, and I'm sure he's going to bring everything he learns from season this year over to the podcast and uh, bring more of a wealth of knowledge than he already brings in terms of the X's and O's. He's certainly our X's and O's guy on the on the podcast. Scott and I dive into it a bit, but we're not high school football coaches. Hunter yeah. knows a thing or two. Now, we've got a lot to get into today. This is the 39th episode, only one away from 40, which is just pretty crazy to think about. Um, now that I think about it, I guess we started... Probably a couple weeks into the 2016 season. So we've missed a few weeks here and there, but pretty much it's been every week um, on Wednesday or Thursday the podcast comes out and it's there for you every week. And we've (laughs) covered you all all off-season throughout most of the regular season last year and we're ready for another season. It can't come sooner, really. Well, tomorrow night, Thursday night. Jaguars at Patriots, we'll get into that plenty. Now, since we last aired, Brandon Albert has retired and attempted (laughs) to unretire. James Sample's been released by the team, a former fourth-round pick just in 2015, only a couple years ago. Uh, The Jaguars had their family night practice, which was really more of a scrimmage than a practice. It was was a good bit of of work for the team in in 11-on-11. The Jaguars have taken part in two joint practices fully padded with the New England Patriots up in Foxborough. 
And uh, we learned that Blake Bortles, thanks New England and Jacksonville, are in a different time zone. There, there was a there was a follow up to that. It was I guess Tom Coughlin changed all the clocks in the facility up there. That was the, the question that the reporter <laughs> asked. The changing of the clocks and Bortles took it as the time zone change between New England and Jacksonville, and really just made himself look like uh, Jared Goff did kind of last year <laughs> on Hard Knocks oh, when yeah. Jared Goff didn't know. Um, <clears throat> which direction the sun rises and which <laughs> which it sets. <laughs> so, yeah, way to go there on, on that one, Blake. But Brandon Albert, we don't want to get into too much. It's really a non-story at this point. But essentially, last Monday or Sunday, uh, Brandon Albert told the team he was going to retire. And then this past Monday... So, seven to eight days later, he decided he wanted to unretire. And uh, the Jaguars seem like they're just not having it. Yeah. I mean... This is a guy who got to Jacksonville, acted the part, acted like he was going to be a real leader through uh, actions and example, not really a vocal leader. But he seemed excited to be in Jacksonville in his opening introductory, introductory press conference. Then he proceeds to not talk to the team for two months, hold out, skip all of OTAs. He showed up for mandatory minicamp so he didn't get fined. And then three days into camp and after the first padded practice, he decides to hang it up. So, Brandon Albert, no longer a member of the Jaguars. It would appear if he does, if anything does happen to this point, it seems like what would happen is the Jaguars would let him unretire or you know jo- rejoin the team and then cut him or something like that. I that's don't know. He, that's what he that's what right. he's wanting because then he's not giving up the contract. But why would the Jaguars contract. do that? I'm not sure. Yeah. Just no. make him stay retired. Yeah. yeah. In my opinion, that's what I would do. And it seems like that's what they're going to do. Yeah, they basically just said no. You know, yeah. they they mutually agreed to put him on the reserve retired list. He Hasn't been a guy who's shown he wants to be here. He's probably... He probably realized he had $3.4 million signing bonus he would probably have to write a check for. <laughs> yeah. So that, that probably had a little little uh, hesitation in his part. But, I mean, he's gone. It's very doubtful he will be on the team at any point unless they get together and come up with some sort of solution. I just don't see how that how either side really gets something that they're looking for. And at this point, if I'm the Jaguars, I just feel a little bit uh, like he did you wrong. Yeah, if why? I'm them, why go out on a limb again for this guy? For a guy who's shown he doesn't really seem like he wants to be here. Yeah, so that's all I want to get into with Albert. He's not a part of the team right now. I don't see him being part of the team in the future. And uh, say la vie. Yeah. Excuse me, guys. Got a phone call coming in. People don't know we're doing the podcast here. But uh, anyways, we've got a lot to get into today, like we said. We're not going to touch on Brandon Albert anymore, but we do have to get into Jaguars training camp recap. We're going to look at all of the different position groups. We are going to look at the two-day joint practice between the Jaguars and Patriots up in New England. 
There's been some good, some bad coming out of that. It seems like mostly bad, but we'll get hot and heavy into that. Jaguars play the Patriots tomorrow night in their first preseason game of 2017. If that's not exciting, I don't know what it is. Um, We're going to look at players to watch, matchups to watch. We're going to take you around the AFC South, take a quick look at each, uh, each contest going on where AFC South teams are involved. We'll do our PFF Minute. And we will finish off with Keep One, Let One Go. This episode, as all of our episodes, presented by Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jack podcast. They've got us a rock-solid lineup of beers to uh, drink today here. Uh, they've got a barrel-aged Mad Manatee. Mad Manatee is their flagship IPA, if you're not sure about that beer. Uh, barrel-aged gives it that nice little whiskey flavor. We've got the Shrimp and Grits Cerveza. That's a beer that Bold City Brewery made especially for the Jumbo Shrimp. The Jumbo Shrimp serve it over at their uh, at their ballpark during their games. And we will also get into another special new beer that we haven't had on the podcast before that will be our Pop Top segment a little bit later in the show. So thanks again to Bold City Brewery, as always. Check them out at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. Now you can follow Scott Klein at ScottKlein1 on Twitter. He's providing all the latest takes on Jaguars, Longhorns, and Gators, and a lot of other stuff, too. (laughs) Scott has a good time over there. So it's definitely a fun place to be. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo. Uh, I'll give you probably a daily tidbit or two that has nothing to do with sports. I think this morning, this did have to do with sports, but it didn't have to do with the team I cover. Uh, watched Hard Knocks. Wasn't feeling too well yesterday, so I took NyQuil, and I wasn't even able to stay up for Hard Knocks. I fell asleep at like 9.45, sitting on the couch just waiting for Hard Knocks to come on. Of course, I, I couldn't stay up for it, unfortunately. But this morning, I woke up extra early since I went to bed so early and was able to catch Hard Knocks. So my Twitter quote I had today was from uh, Jameis Winston. He said, I'm like the Crocodile Dundee of cockroaches. I, I haven't seen the episode yet. I'm going to watch it when I get home. So if that's not a great teaser for HBO, I don't know what is. I don't even know. I was sitting there trying to comprehend how that would come up. Like, in con- I, I, it just out of context, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make a whole lot more sense in context, but <laughs> you'll see, certainly. Now... You can follow Bold City Brewery, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us uh, on on Twitter, mostly. Facebook, if you want to follow us, that's kind of weird, but whatever. <laughs> Instagram, you can follow me at Jordan DeLugo. Do you have an Instagram, Scott? Not an actor. Not one, off the really. top of my head. <laughs> so, Gen Jag membership stuff. Uh, 40 bucks this year. We've got t-shirt, koozie, member card that gets you discounts at places like Metro Diner, Mellow Mushroom, Burrito Gallery, Sports Mania, a bunch of other places. Sorry if I didn't name you just now. Um, check that out on the website. Only $40, and you get to drink for free at every home game tailgate. So it's a good time. We like to get down over in tailgaters, and uh, hopefully we'll be doing some more post-game tailgates this year. 
celebrating. Yeah. Instead of just walking out of the game in sorrow. Kicking rocks on the way back to the car. <laughs> yeah. We've also got some cool items on our shop. Believer Since Weaver t-shirt. If you don't understand that reference, you obviously haven't been a Believer Since Weaver. Uh, Lock Down the Bank shirts, too, we've got on the website. Those are all 20 bucks. Go check them out. They're here for you. We're just trying to make you look a little bit cooler than your friends when you go downtown for the Jaguar games. Now, Jaguars training camp. Since we last met, they had how many practices that were just Jags on Jags practices? Like eight or nine, yeah, something like that? Now, we'll get into every position group here, but first let's look at the injuries. Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Colvin have been on the pup list the entire training camp. You're hoping maybe available for week two against Tampa. Mm -hmm. Week two of the preseason, that is. But there's really no word on that. And uh, other than that, no one's on the pup list. And all the other guys that have been missing time lately, if they're not on pup list or IR, could potentially play against the Patriots tomorrow. We got our fullback back. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Marquez Williams, he should be full go now. Hopefully... He'll get to participate in his first game, even though he participated in his first real practice only a couple days ago. But you want to see him out there. He's a seventh-round pick. You want your seventh-round pick fullback to be the guy that wins the job over the fullback you signed who is off the streets and wasn't even in the, in the, excuse me, in the NFL last year. Yeah. And supposedly has been struggling a bit with consistency. Yeah, uh, it's hard to tell with uh, yeah. blocking in terms of training camp because it's not full go so you don't really know how that's going but very inconsistent as a threat doing anything other than blocking mm. drops the ball regularly you don't want to see that obviously and you just really want Williams to go win that job hopefully one of the first big steps towards that will be tomorrow against New England yeah. now Blake Bortles he's been up and down all camp mostly up but the the thing about it is the downs are so far down. They're so bad. It's unbelievable. He went in the first live practice, the first padded practice. It wasn't actually live, but the first padded practice, which was uh, two Saturdays ago in front of all the season ticket holders. I believe it was like 4,000-plus season ticket holders. He threw five interceptions and was really just terrible throughout. Now, all his other practices that were Jags on Jags, not including the Patriots practices, were pretty good. You couldn't say any of them were bad. Yeah. And so that's like six practices that are good, one that's uh, not so great. So if you look at it that way, if Bortles gives you six good games and one bad game, you're going to take that, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Bortles hasn't really proven to be able to play consistently throughout an entire game in his career so far. He'll have stretches where he plays really well in games. There's been a couple games where he was on it the whole game, but yeah. it's really not something that he's done with any consistency. It's, it always just gets, you always get the feeling like, okay, the offense, they're starting to get the ball rolling. They're oh, well, there's an interception. Yeah. It's downhill from here. Yeah. It really has been that way. And so Bortles, I don't know if 
anything should change in fans' minds based on what we've seen so far in training camp. Yeah, I mean, the people that think he sucks is going to think he sucks. The people, Yeah, that, the people that think he sucks are going to point to the two terrible practices yeah. and then maybe one other practice that might have been mediocre or yeah. maybe a little mm-hmm. below average. So, I mean, and and there really hasn't been a game-like situation. I mean, they've done 11 on 11, but there's no contact, really. No. There's, I Vanilla mean... Vanilla defense. Yeah. So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. You, you would hope that your quarterback would be able to make strides. Yeah. Um, now that he's kind of getting a little long in the tooth as a quarterback. He's not long in the tooth. Let's not go yeah, there. No, but he's, he's a guy that should be a veteran at yeah. this point in his career, and it doesn't seem like he is. Yeah. Now, Leonard Fournette has just been a revelation at running back. <laughs> the easiest way to quantify it for me is the offensive line looks okay when he's in the game, and they look terrible when he's not in the game. <laughs> So, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. The running back is making the offensive line when he's in the game because he's able to take plays where the defense has snuffed it out. I remember one in specific that he got a toss or it was either a toss or an outside zone play mm-hmm. where all the line was, all the offensive line was pulling out to the right and Fournette was headed out right. And he just kept showing his patience, showing his patience and trying to wait on the blocks to develop. Uh, the Several Jaguars offensive linemen did get in front of their defenders, but the whole defense seemed to over-pursue to that side because it was an obvious run to the right side. And he sees a cutback lane, and he just explodes from the right side of the field into the middle of the field and sprints past everybody. I think he might have gotten tackled eventually, maybe 20 or 30 yards downfield. Yeah. But like that's the type of thing you see with him that you would never see with an Ivory or a Yeldon. Yeah. He's just a special cat. And then on regular plays, you see him look spectacular as well. Uh, one of the last practices that the Jaguars had prior to heading up to New England, you saw live goal line drills where the Jaguars' offense was trying to punch the ball in, just running the ball straight up, halfback dive. And, of course, Fournette is able to leap over the offensive line and defensive line into the end zone. And... Ivory, Yeldon, what do they both do? They get stuff. <laughs> it's just, it's hard to even really explain how I feel about Fournette at this point without sounding a little bit crazy and over the top. Yeah. I honestly believe he's a transcendent talent. Yeah. And I tweeted this, I believe, right after the scrimmage. I think he's much further ahead of Jalen Ramsey at yeah, this point last I saw year. That. He, I really believe it. I think he is a top 10 running back, bar none, right now. Yeah, Probably top five. That's, that's high praise. I mean, we're going we're gonna to see real soon how, how he is. But, um, I mean, just think about how good it could be if he could catch the ball, right? I mean, with those terrible hands of his. Do not <laughs> even go there, Scott. So much of the national media, and even local media. Yeah, it was Local so media cool. wasn't as bullish about it. I've been... In the opposite corner of everyone this entire time. But what we're talking about is at LSU, Leonard Fournette was not asked to 
run routes out of the backfield very often. Subsequently, he didn't get many catches. He did have, I, I believe, about 40 catches in college. It was not many. Maybe 43, something like that. And that led a lot of national media, national scouts, Jaguars media to label him as a guy that can't catch, but that's simply not the case. When you turn on his tape in college and he does run routes and he is asked to run routes, he runs them very well. Mm-hmm. In fact, against Wisconsin... I was about to bring up that play. <laughs> he ran a damn wheel route like a wide receiver, and he was... Had an over-the-shoulder catch. Yeah, almost. he had burnt his defenders. If it was a decent quarterback throwing him the football, uh, he would have caught it in stride. Right. He didn't have to slow down for it. But it's it's To me, it's just... Oh, he didn't catch that much in college. Right. Look at the box score. Oh, that means he then can't catch. you go look at his scouting combine where he catches every ball thrown to That's him. That's almost all he did, too. Meanwhile, people are talking about how Dalvin Cook's such a great all-around threat, and Dalvin Cook drops a couple balls at the combine. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette has done everything right so far, and it was not fair at all yeah. that he was labeled as a guy that can't catch the ball. And he's going to go out and prove it. I really do yeah. believe that. So... Besides Leonard Fournette, the other running backs, I feel like, what do you, what have you drawn from the other running backs so far? Um, I mean, hopefully one of them can pick up this <laughs> like, I mean, that, you, they, they don't, they don't have to be the bell cow anymore. I mean, no. they can be situational. They can come in with a fresh, with a, with a head of steam, fresh legs. Yeah. And tote the rock on a tired defense. Yeah, I think that's the plan, honestly. I think Fournette needs to get the ball most of the time back Mm -hmm. there, obviously. TJ Yeldon has shown more flashes to me in camp than Chris Ivory, but I think to most, Chris Ivory's been a little more consistent. And heading into camp, most thought Chris Ivory should be ahead of TJ Yeldon, Mm -hmm. even if it was by a small majority. And with Chris Chris Ivory's uh, running style, he's more of a physical kind of mauler. You know, mm-hmm. and doing that in practice, eh. <laughs> you know, yeah, no. it's hard to show that yeah. out there. It can be very hard to show that out there. So, I think honestly, out of all the running backs behind Fournette, Corey Grant might have flashed the most so far. He's a flashy dude. He That's can be. He's so fast, man. It, it, he hasn't lost a step at all in the couple years he's been here. Yeah. And in fact, it seems like he might even be quicker. But. We'll see how that all plays out. I've really liked Tim Cook. Uh, he's a rookie out of Oregon State. He's so, just he's so physical. Big, he's physical, but he's got a little burst to yeah. him and all that. He's a fun guy to watch. It'd be cool if he could make the practice squad. Now, wide receivers. They've looked great. It's stacked. Allen Robinson has looked, to me, like the second best player in camp behind Leonard Fournette. Yeah. And it's easy to say that Robinson's looked the best. He's just caught caught some balls that most guys know have no business catching. He's caught all the easy catches that they were to be had. And he's really run a lot of spectacular routes. The only thing I haven't seen from him that isn't surprising because he just doesn't have it is that final gear yeah. to go chase down a ball that you'll see from like a Julio Jones, yeah. AJ Green... <laughs> Like the balls that are, it's like when Bortles throws a deep pass and it's one of those plays where it just goes over Robinson's fingertips. It's like, could A.J. Green have got that? Probably. (laughs) But other than that, Robinson's just been stellar. 
Lee has had his best camp, in my opinion. Put put Malcolm Butler in a blender. Yeah, he really, <laughs> really did. Uh, there's a nice video out there on Twitter of that, if you guys can find it. Uh, Malcolm Butler, I think, fell to the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah he was late. It was bad. So, um, and if you don't know, Malcolm Butler is the Patriots, I would say, number one corner. Oh, yeah. Some would argue still well, Gilmore. Yeah. I don't know. But I would say he's their best corner. Uh, Alan Hearns played really consistent until he got injured against the Patriots in their first joint practice. We still don't really know what's going on with that injury, how significant it is. Obviously, if it was significant enough that he was going to miss an extended period of time, they probably would have already IR'd him. So, hopefully he'll be able to come back soon and have an impact. Rashad Green is having his best camp yet. He's been pretty good. He's had a couple drops that I've seen, but he's a guy I think that's going to make the team. Yeah, that's, it's not going to be an easy task. No. He's going to have to fight. Because he's got to fight D.D. Westbrook, who's been explosive and been a great route runner in camp and prior to getting to camp. So we'll see what happens with that position battle. Aurelius Ben has not been great as a receiver, but we knew that. Yeah, he's not, a, he's not a receiving threat, really. When he's on the field, a lot of times he's been a blocker or a decoy. You tell the Bears that. Yeah, you tell the Bears that. He did He did beat the Chicago Bears for the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. Obviously, the Jaguars should have been in no position to lose to the Bears, but that's a whole other story. He is here for his special team's ability. That's the bottom line. Now, Keelan Cole and Shane Wynn are two guys that nobody thought had a shot to make the roster, but they've both been fantastic so far in training camp. Keelan Cole, to me, has been more consistent than Shane Wynn, and he's just got more of an NFL body. Shane Wynn's five foot six. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's, it seems like every and time... Cole's turn, a rookie. Yeah, every time I turn around, it's, he's like, oh, Keelan Cole, had another spectacular day. Yeah. I haven't seen him drop anything. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen Shane Wynn not been perfect on some plays and miss some passes, but Keelan Cole has been super consistent. And he was a record-setting receiver at his college he attended, Kentucky Wesleyan. Yeah. And uh, he's been fun to watch. There's no doubt about it. Now, we already got into the fullbacks. We obviously want to see Williams win that battle. Uh, but we haven't seen him much. And we mentioned Bahannon's been up and down. Definitely not a true threat as a receiver or runner. Tight end. This has been a, a, one of the interesting positions this offseason because there's not a real star for the team at tight end. Michael Rivera, prior, prior to getting injured, looked like clearly the team's best receiver mm. at tight end. Uh, but he's been out for over a week now. Mercedes Lewis has had a great camp. He's been catching all sorts of passes you would never guess he would and been making some really nice plays. But you've seen that before. Mm-hmm. From him in training camp. And you'll see it during games. But generally what happens for him is he's just not targeted that much in games. Because really it's hard for him to get open. Yeah. Unless he's in a, unless you're in a zone coverage, it's pretty <laughs> hard for him to get open. Even then it's not easy. Ben Koyak, he's been consistent. I've only seen one drop from him all camp. He's a guy that seems like a lock to make the roster. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was a 6th or 7th round pick a couple years ago by the Jags. And 
he could develop into that balanced tight end that the Jaguars offense really needs and and the one that the coaching staff wants. Uh, Neil Sterling, up and down. Obviously the best athlete at the Jaguars have yeah. a, at the tight end position. He's going to have to fight to make the roster, and so is Alex Ellis, who's really just a grinder. Uh, <laughs> to steal John Gruden's term, he doesn't really have any notable skill set yeah. that like really stands out, but he plays pretty good football. So he's a guy that is a threat to make the team. He can play on special teams. He proved that for the team last year. So tight ends are going to be really fun to watch moving forward. Uh, Pat Patrick Omame getting to the offensive line. It, be, it looks like he's going to end up being the starter at offensive guard. Mm. So. He's been one of the better offensive linemen so far in camp. Brandon Linder's obviously played well. Other than that, you haven't seen a whole lot that's going to inspire you. Brandon Albert, like we said, retired. Cam Robinson uh, thrusted into the starting lineup at left tackle. Splitting time with Josh Wells, really. Yeah, he's been splitting time, but he's going to be the starter. Doug Marone even said this afternoon, don't be surprised if Cam Robinson's the starter tomorrow night. So... He's going to be the starter as long as he doesn't completely screw it up. But having a rookie left tackle out there, you play Houston Texans week one. Oh, boy. Streeting the tea leaves a little bit. That's not a good situation. You get Jeremy Parnell, who's on skates regularly, it seems like. I have no confidence in that man at right tackle. He even uh, pulled up and... uh, limped off the field today, so I don't even know if he'll be participating tomorrow in the Jaguars' um, preseason game against the Patriots. You've got A.J. Can, who had a terrible sophomore slump. He was very good as a rookie for the Jaguars and followed it up with a real stinker last year. So you don't know what you're going to get from him. Basically, the point is you don't know what you're going to get from a lot of the offensive line on a down-by-down basis. And it's, and it's so frustrating because it was the same exact problem last year. and Could have gone and got Alex Mack. Yeah. You, if you have Alex Mack right now, you have him at center. You have Linder at right guard. Omame at left guard. You feel pretty good about that interior offensive line right there. Yeah. Or even this past year, Zeitler. Yeah, at that he point, was... if you have Linder, Mack, and Zietler, or Zeitler, that looks like an all-pro yeah. interior offensive line. Run the ball behind those guys all day. Linder Fournette likes to pound it up the middle. Yeah, but we came in with the same three, uh, no, the same four offensive linemen we had last year. Save Cam Robinson, obviously. Uh, yeah, and you know you trade for Albert that flamed out horribly um it's a lot of the same yeah you know uh second round draft pick is supposed to be the savior of this offensive line (laughs) that's that's kind of what it seems to be right now yeah a second round draft pick and your center oh yeah now dave caldwell has a lot of confidence in aj can and apparently jeremy parnell but that confidence is going to be really tested here soon Mm -hmm. we'll see how it goes Defensive line, getting into the uh, defensive side of the football, they look great. 
Uh, they still need to prove that there's going to be a consistent outside pass rush, in my opinion. I really wish Campbell was able to. Uh, was yeah, able to really. It'd be nice if he play. had been going for the last week, but they're, at the they're same being cautious time, with him. I I'm totally on board with yeah. being cautious with Campbell. Same when the games matter. Yeah. So uh, Fowler has been pretty good, but despite his negative headlines, he's flashed in nearly every practice, getting to the quarterback or getting in the backfield. And to the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> Sheldon Day. Uh, there's been talk from certain media members that Michael Bennett's really been better than Sheldon Day, but all that talk that I've heard has referenced one-on-one drills. Yeah, they should win. For me, Sheldon Day has flashed on almost every camp practice that I was able to attend. Mm -hmm. So I think he's a guy that still is your third defensive tackle, depending on what you're looking for. For me, him and Stephen Charles are your two primary backups. Stephen Charles for Avery Jones. Mm -hmm. Sheldon Day for... Malik. So, you got to like what's going on there. Unique Ngakwe has been consistent throughout camp. He looks like he's going to really... It's going to be surprising for me if he doesn't get 10 sacks. Yeah. I mean, he's just... And I don't mean 15 or 20. I mean, I'll be surprised if he doesn't get 10. Yeah. A little over 10. He is a guy who's not... He's not the athlete that they tell is. Not a lot of people are. He is a good athlete. He's a good athlete. Yeah. But just technically... Just watching just the little things he does, there was this, there was this one play in particular that, that they they were showing a highlight I think on Twitter where he's going he's I think it was against Cordy Glenn last year. Yes, it he was, was. He was he he was basically getting around the edge with him, and he just turned his shoulders a little bit just to make his body that much slimmer, a right. smaller surface. He made his target smaller. Yeah, and. Uh, just little things Glenn, like that. Glenn, who's a great left tackle, wasn't able to get his hands on him. He just exploded around Glenn for the sack. But it's just it's just little tiny things like that that can make a huge difference that he just he just seems to get. Right. And if he can just do that twice a game. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, that's, that's it. You give us two sacks a game, we're sitting at 16 sacks. I believe that's a Jaguars all-time record. Yeah. Seriously. Think about it. That guy has a shot to be special this year. Uh, and his grinder mentality, combined with his actual physical skill set, watch out for Yannick Ngakwe. Now, linebackers have been mostly good. What you're going to see is it's going to be largely dependent on Miles Jack being in command of the defense. Uh, I don't have any problem with Puzlesny at strong side linebacker right now. They've been adjusting their scheme to fit his skill set more, so that's more off the ball, not lined up on the ball. Yeah. And then Telvin Smith, you you love Telvin Smith. He's not perfect. He's not always perfect in coverage, but he's usually on the money. And in run defense, he's an absolute stud. And covering the flats and things yeah. like that. I mean, he'll snuff you out quick. He's made play after play after play in training camp. Um, so, yeah, it's all on Miles just taking command of the middle linebacker spot. And I think... We know the physical tools are there. Hmm. We know the mental makeup's there. It's just how fast to steal, and God, I hate even saying this. It's a race to maturity for Miles Jack this year. Yeah, It's a Gus Bradleyism right there, <laughs> yeah. but it is. He's got to be in control and in command of that defense. So we'll see how that goes. 
The secondary, AJ Boye has been stellar. Missing two of your biggest pieces, obviously, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Coleman hasn't helped. But Tyler Patman's really stepped up. He's even looked better than Josh Johnson, probably, so far in camp. And uh, Barry Church and Deshaun Gibson look pretty damn good. They've both made some impressive plays in camp. I think I would like to see a little bit more consistency so far out of them. But when you're going against a really good receiving group like the Jaguars receiving group, Mm -hmm. and you're learning each other's playing styles and all that with Gibson and Church, I think think they have a really bright – 2017 season in front of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going up against, like, they even talked about it, you know, going and going up against guys like this, these past couple days, like Tom Brady and Brandon Cooks and things like that. Yeah. It, it put them to the test. I mean, they, they, <laughs> Tom Brady put up some numbers. But I mean, just, they even talked about just getting that time together and going up against a guy like that. Yeah. It just makes them better. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it is going to be a learning process. They're going to have to feel each other out. And at the beginning, it might be more schematic than it is just kind of getting a feel for where the other guy's going to be. But eventually, it's going to get to a point where, you know, I know I can trust, this, I can trust my guy Gibson to get over there right. and be where he's supposed to be. Yeah. I think, I think they'll come together nicely. Now, Jason Myers has been a little up and down. And team drills, he's been mostly up. But there's been a little chatter on Twitter about his, uh, his basically his play so far, this training camp. So that's something to keep an eye on throughout preseason. Make sure he's uh, knocking them through the uprights. Brad Norman, not much to say about him. Stellar leg. Yep. Dynamite hang time. <laughs> Just awesome. Gotta love Brad Norman. Our long snapper, Carson Tinker... Tore his ACL out no. for the season. He is a real glue player for the Jaguars, a good leader in the locker room, leader on special teams. Hunter loves him because he went to Alabama. <laughs> I mean, you just hope this doesn't impact his career. Yeah. Long snappers are not the most highly sought after thing. Every team needs one. Yeah. And that's really all he does. So. We pray for a fast recovery for Tinker, and we pray to see him in black and teal again soon. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Now, before we get into Jaguars at Patriots joint practice recap, let's get into our Pop Top segment here. What do we got, Scott? Well, in honor of uh, going up against the Patriots, we have the aptly named ABCDE New England IPA. Yeah, so it's a New England-style IPA. It's got a little bit of fruity notes, I believe. We're about to pop it open as soon as we get done chugging our other beers here. Yeah, let's uh, see what those yahoos up north are drinking. <laughs> All right, let's I'm sure if it's from Bull City, they're doing they're going to do it justice. Oh, yeah. Got that nice spray coming out. <laughs> nice. So once again... Shout out to our sponsors, Bold City Brewery, the one and only um, sponsor of the Gin Jack podcast. You can find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. Scott's about to take his first sip here. What do we think? Yeah. 
That's good. It's got That's a little sweet. bit of a, a lighter color mm -hmm. than most IPAs, so let's give it a whirl here. Yeah, that is very good. Definitely a fan of that. That seems like it's up your alley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely drink this. Sure. Yeah. I could pretty much drink any beer that's put in front of me. Now, people have tested me on that before, and there's some beers I haven't enjoyed. But most beers I'll enjoy. Yeah. This is definitely one I enjoy. Pretty refreshing. Yeah. No, it's it's great. It's got great flavor, you know. And I'm, a, I'm a guy who I'm not a big fan of the heavy, the darker, dark beers. Yeah. Um, like stuff like this is right up in my alley, and I could, man, I could drink this all day. <laughs> it's good stuff. So, again, thanks to Bold City Brewery for the beverages. Check out their new location downtown on East Bay Street. And uh, you can always check out their original tap room over off Roselle and Riverside. Now, the Jaguars and the Patriots, like we've hinted at a little bit, have been going up against each other in padded practices. Monday and Tuesday, they had two straight days of padded practices. There was a lot that we saw. Um, it's hard not to start a Jaguars conversation without starting with Blake Bortles. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean... Unfortunately. It, it's basically a make or break. He's, he's the biggest part of this team that's going to make the biggest difference in the success. Yeah. So... We'll just go over both of his days. Uh, Monday and Tuesday. Well, first off, Monday and Tuesday, like Bortles and like some of the other players have said, the offense played extremely well in one-on-ones and seven-on-sevens. Take that for what you will. Now, 11-on-11s, which is what I care about the most, mm -hmm. or 11s for short. It's that, the closest. That's the new lingo, 11s. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. I'm down to shorten, shorten it up a little bit. Uh, so, anyways, Monday, Bortles plays pretty damn good football in 11 on 11. He completed, uh, I believe, in between 65 and 70% of his passes. He had one interception. If the Jaguars play the Patriots in the regular season and Bortles only has one pick, he's completing over 65% of his passes, I think you're happy with that. Yeah. I think you're really happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> now, Tuesday, the follow-up. The follow-up to the solid performance. 5 of 17 in 11 on 11. Stinker. No picks. No oh, picks. yeah, no picks. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you take out of that positive-wise? One pick in two days of practice on 11 on 11s. That's good. It's good. But 5 of 17 is 29% completion. That's not good. For Bortles, for Bortles, for any NFL quarterback, you need to be above 50%. And to be a good quarterback, yeah. you need to be above 60% completion percentage. Yeah. So he's literally completed half the passes that he needed to to look good. That's just, that's a game. Three, what was it, five for 17? Yeah. That's a game where. You've got like 40 yards of total offense in the third quarter. Yeah. Like, now, <laughs> that's, that's terrible. I will say the receivers dropped some balls. Mm -hmm. Not all of these were on him. So, it is what it is. My take from all this is Bortles has had two bad practices, basically. Maybe three. If you want to include just an average practice as a bad one. 
and the rest good, does that change my opinion in any way on him going into the season? No, I still think he's a guy that has a lot to prove. Uh, he's got a lot to prove tomorrow night, in my opinion, in the limited snaps he's going to get. He needs to play well. He needs to look like a starting quarterback in the NFL. And for me, the biggest things to watch for him, uh, which I'm kind of blowing the lead on our Patriots preview here, but I want to see his body language when he makes a bad one. Yeah. I really want to see that. It got, and I want to see how he responds. Because last year it was garbage. It got, it got real bad at the end of the year. Yeah. It was embarrassing, to be honest. Yeah. Like, that should not... That is not what an NFL quarterback should look like walking off the field, ever. Yeah, there's like almost temper tantrums kind of thing. Just like, mm-hmm. I can only imagine the words that he was spewing on the sidelines. But I don't I mean, think you have to think too hard about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just how many times do you see Aaron Rodgers sitting and pouting after throwing an interception? He's, he's over there he's the looking. He's telling everybody to calm down. <laughs> yeah, it's he's, all good. He's like, okay, we got what the I discount do double check on our side. We are good to go. Yeah. Hey, you get the ball back. Let's go put it in the end zone. <laughs> it's all good. Now, the receivers have looked really, really good against the Patriots. Um, I think they looked a little bit better against the banged up Jaguars secondary over the course of those practices, but they've still made a lot of plays. Like you said earlier, Marquise Lee. Absolutely crushed Malcolm Butler on one route. Malcolm Butler's thought of as probably a, a easily a top ten cornerback in football, maybe a top five cornerback in football. Um, Allen Robinson still making plays. Lee's still making plays. Uh, Keelan Cole had another one-handed catch yesterday. The receivers still look really good. Uh, that that might be the best group on the team so far. If only you didn't need a quarterback to get it to the receiver, right? We'd be in pretty good shape. Now, <laughs> two Bortles credit. He's not been all bad. Like yeah. even his bad practices, there's been impressive throws. Mm-hmm. Except for the Saturday night, that was just a meltdown. It's just with him when it's bad, it's so bad. It's like when it's bad, you're gonna lose. Yeah, there's no coming out. Like there's there's. There's no getting out of that hole you just dug yourself. You remember against the Ravens last year, the Jaguars lost at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense gave him the ball. Yeah. We turned, we turned the Ravens over, gave him the ball, in position to win the game. Still couldn't do it. He had the ball in position to win the game against the Packers as well. People, some will blame that on the play calling, but, you know, screen to Hearns. I guess it was an accurate screen pass, but yeah, yeah. every screen pass should be accurate. <laughs> yeah. So if it's not in the dirt, it's accurate. Yeah, you want to see him. You want to see him look better. Now, again, I'm not taking too much out of out of these practices, but you want to see him play better tomorrow. Now, on defense, not a lot has been reported out of. Um, out of Foxborough on the Jaguars' defensive side of the ball. We have seen, however, lots of reporting on how the Patriots did against the Jaguars offensively, and they did really well. Yeah. Tuesday, Rob Gronkowski, I believe, got in the end zone six times <laughs> between, like, 7-on-7 seven seven and 11-on-11. It's just, it's so hard to stop that guy. Yeah, it really is. 
Especially, well... Plus, look at the weapons around him. Yeah. I mean... Brandon Cooks has been electric. Yeah. He's had some amazing one-handed catches. But the front has been pretty good. Uh, Calais Campbell's out still, obviously. But on Tuesday, in goal line drills, the Jaguars stuffed the Pats three out of four times. And Malik Jackson made the play of the day. Just absolutely being unblockable on the goal line. So, you got to like what you see out of that front. The teal curtain might not be so far-fetched in 2017. Yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's, that's on paper the strength of the, of the team yeah. as a whole. I mean, I, if you have the three, three biggest strengths, you're obviously looking at defensive line, defensive backs, yeah. wide receivers. Yeah. That's obvious, I feel like. Yeah. Now, linebackers could creep up in there. Mm-hmm. But on paper, that's what you're looking at for sure. Now, Jaguars at Patriots tomorrow night. We'll be out at the Bricks Tap House in Jacksonville Beach. They'll be doing $4 Stoli, $3 Bud Light. We know you guys don't really like Bud Light, so uh, we won't hold it against you that that you might order that. But they've also got um, a couple other specials going on. And we'll be out there. You'll be able to pick up your Jinjag memberships if you've already ordered one off the website. Uh, you'll be able to sign up for a membership. You'll also be able to get all our different gear. Like we said, we have the Believer Since Weaver t-shirt, the Lockdown the Bank t-shirt. We've got koozies, stickers, all sorts of fun stuff. So we'll be out there starting at 7 p.m. tomorrow night. And uh, come and see us. We'd love to see everybody out there. And we'd love to see... The starters play pretty well and see some of these young rookies and backups that we really want to see excel uh, after the starters head out. First preseason game is always the one where the starters play the least, besides the fourth one. (laughs) So it kind of progressively builds. First week, the starters play a little bit. Second week, they play a little bit more. Third week, sometimes they play even into the third quarter, Mm. the starters do. Fourth week, they usually don't play at all. So... It'll be fun to see, obviously, I mean, there's a lot of players that are under the gun, and there's a lot of position groups that are under the gun that we really would like to look at here, so we'll get into that right now. Blake Bortles, what do you want to see from Blake Bortles? He's obviously the player to watch for the Jaguars in 2017. We've talked about this over and over again. What do you want to see? I mean, I just want to see him... Be able to embrace his role now with Leonard Fournette in the backfield as not feeling like he's got to make every play a home run. Make the safe play. Exactly. That's There's nothing wrong with checking down. Don't be Chad Henney. But, I mean, take your shots when they're open to you. Yeah. Because you got a guy in your backfield. You know who you just described, though? <laughs> Who's that? Tom Brady. Yeah, no. Check down, take your shots when they're open. Yeah, he they have they have a very horizontal passing game, and then all of a sudden Rob Gronkowski's up the seam, or you got one of the speedy wide receivers Brandon throwing the ball. Cooks. That's gonna be scary, and I, that that's gonna give me nightmares. People are legitimately talking about them going undefeated this year. Yeah, that's doable. They aren't gonna go undefeated in the preseason, <laughs> but in no way are we comparing. Blake Bortles, Tom Brady, but 
No, but that's what you want. You want him you, to play you, that style of football. Exactly. I mean, know that you have a guy who can put up 80 to 100 yards a game on the ground. Let's go a Perhaps, little bit north of exactly. that. Exactly. I'm being a bit <laughs> conservative, really. But, I mean, just be a quarterback who can have situational awareness. Understand the moments in the game, not feeling like you always have to force a throw because you need to make a play. That's that's really what I want to see is decision-making. Obviously, the mechanics he's have, have, that he's been working on over the offseason, you want to see, make sure that they hold up through the game and not just like not just as the game goes on, kind of right. just as his arm Because this tired. will be the first really, really live session that he has for you know a full a full stretch of a, a full possession or maybe a couple possessions depending how long they keep him in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully he'll get a couple different drives, but it'll be fun to watch. And to this point, it's been mostly situational football. Now you have to take all that situational football and play an actual drive to get all those different situations and see all of it together. Yeah. So it'll be fun to watch for sure for Blake Bortles. For me, the second most important player to watch, and it might not be second most important in terms of the team's success this year, but just in terms of the storylines. Dante Fowler. Off the field, causing, causing a ruckus. <laughs> On the field, causing a ruckus. He gets kicked out of tr- uh, training camp practices with the Patriots. Twice in five minutes he gets kicked off the field. Once for an unnecessary late face mask and once for John with one of the Patriots players. I mean, he's a guy that flashes nearly every practice and gets to the quarterback nearly every practice. He made Brandon Albert retire. I mean, He literally made Brandon <laughs> Albert retire. That's a guy that made the Pro Bowl in 2015. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you want to see from him? Just discipline, or do you want to see him flash? Or I want to see him succeed on something other than stunts, and 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 which we have seen him succeed face. so far in camp on outside edge rushes. Mm-hmm. But like you said, we haven't seen him do that a lot in games. Yeah. In games, most of his big plays are yeah stunts. when when they create space for him to get up ahead of steam. So I mean. I want to see him be able to utilize some sort of pass rush technique. Yeah. Even if it's not completely polished and 100%, show me that you're working on it. Like, just show me that you're not just an athlete. You're a pass rusher. Yeah. (laughs) Now, Miles Jack is number three for us here. It's obvious. We've talked about it already in this episode. We've talked about it ad nauseum in past episodes and just in every day. Excuse me, everyday talk. Miles Jack has to own this defense. Does he look confused tomorrow night? Do do any players around him look confused tomorrow night? If they don't, that's a really positive sign. Because you know he's got all the physical physical one, ability in the world. One thing that I'm going to keep an eye out for that's going to be a dead giveaway on that is if you see him turn to each other still talking when Tom Brady when snaps the play's the about to snap, yeah. yeah, and that's probably against Tom Brady. That might be more difficult than to see because he can get moving with with tempo, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm saying against Brady, that might be the best test. Yeah. Besides maybe Rodgers, <laughs> who if you're not ready for the play, he's going to okay. hike it and throw a touchdown on your ass oh, every yeah. time. But Brady will do the same thing. Now, Leonard Fournette, he's a, my fourth guy to watch. Really, in my heart, he's the number one guy. And my head. He's the number one guy to watch every damn Jaguar game this season. He's the best player on the team. I'm I'm putting all my cards in on Leonard Fournette. All my chips are in. He's the guy. He is the guy the Jaguars haven't had since Maurice Jones drew, since Fred Taylor. He's the He's the guy that the Jaguars can build their offense around. Finally get an identity. As a franchise, the Jaguars are at their best running the football. When they have a dominant runner in the backfield, they've been at their best. They've won the most games with dominant runners in the backfield. They've won the most playoff games. All of their playoff teams had dominant runners. And a pretty good defense. (laughs) And good defenses. The Jaguars have that recipe right now. What they don't have, what we don't know if they have is a quarterback that can manage the game. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Last guy, Cam Robinson. Patriots don't have an amazing group of edge rushers, but they're still the Patriots. You want Cam Robinson to look decent, especially if he starts like Doug Marone said he probably will. You want to see Cam Robinson look pretty decent because this is a guy that you're going to be dependent on a lot. And like we said, Texans are coming at you quick. Titans week two coming at you quick. Brian Arakpo, he might might have to help out a little bit on Jarrell Casey inside. They've got guys. So, you want to see Cam Robinson not struggle mightily. Um, What else we want you to look for is the offensive line play as a whole. It hasn't been great. The Patriots' defensive front isn't great right now. They just lost um, Rob Ninkovich to retirement. They've gotten rid of guys like Chandler Jones recently. Um, This is not the best front that they will face, the Jaguars. No, not by a long shot. Play, play decent. Yeah. Play decent. Running backs behind Leonard Fournette. We have not seen a lot out of Yeldon and Ivory so far this camp. This is their time to shine. Running backs, it's hard to really tell what you're getting when you're not going live. Let's see what they can do in a live game. Backup quarterbacks. Can Brandon Allen prove that he's better than Chad Henney? I think so far he has been better than Henny. I think he has an easier time finding receivers downfield. Chad Henny regularly, and I do mean regularly, probably probably half the time that he drops back in practice is either a play where he will roll out of the pocket because he can't find someone downfield, or he will check down really quickly. Check down Chad? He has the nickname for a reason. So... I would love to see Brandon Allen really establish himself. Make them question. Because right now it seems Chad Henney's number two. He is. Doug Marone commented on that recently. Which is said insanity. Chad Henney is the number two guy for now. Prove him wrong. Yeah. I'm Go out there. Ball out. Prove him wrong. Now, special teams. Uh, obviously, there's no real competition at kicker or punter. But the return duties are up for grabs. D.D. Westbrook versus Rashad Green at punt return. D.D. Westbrook, Rashad Green, Corey Grant, 
everybody and their mother is doing kick returns. Uh, I think we've let's got. Let's see who's got it. I was I was actually just thinking about this last year, and then I think it was last year when Marquise Lee took back the touchdown on the kickoff. Yeah. I think it had been like thirty-seven years since we had a kickoff return for a touchdown. Or it hadn't been quite 37 <laughs> because the Jaguars haven't been around 37 years. But I get your sentiment completely. We, we have not been even, I, would, I was going to say dangerous, but even relevant in the right. special teams department as far as returning goes. Welcome home, Joe D. Camillus. Yes. Man. Give me some playmakers. He not was a revelation to watch at training camp, too. And... We haven't gotten a chance to talk about training camp intensity because we weren't on last week, but it's been intense. It's been up-tempo. It's been a lot of coaches yelling. Uh, even Doug Marone, you know, just yelling, get your asses in the playbook. Yeah. You know, I mean, Keenan McCardell yelling at the wide receivers, there's no walking. <laughs> Did you? Uh, I saw the little snippet of um, somebody asked Doug Marone, you know, do you guys are you guys just trying to get better every day? And he was like, "We don't, we don't, we don't say what you just said." Yeah, that was yesterday after practice against the Patriots. Uh, that was a direct <laughs> yeah. shot at Gus Bradley. No question about it. We play the Chargers. Gus Bradley's <laughs> motto was "Get better every day." If he had a motto, that was it. Oof. Get better every day. And now, Doug Marone's taking shots. We don't say get better every day. We say win. He wouldn't even mention it. He wouldn't even say it himself. Yeah, he wouldn't even actually say the words get better every day. Although, at the end of the interview, he did say just get better. So, <laughs> we won't look too much into that. The point is, Doug Marone does not believe in getting better incrementally every day. He believes in winning every day. Putting in everything you can every day. Yeah. Same thing Tom Coughlin believes in. And that's what the Jaguars need. They don't need to be uh, patted on the back like they have been in the past. It's not. It's not good enough to be good in the NFL. Thank you, Miles Jack. Uh, did he say? That? Are you serious? No, I I, I I didn't hear anything about that. Yes, Miles Jack. Uh, his last time he met with the press, which may have been the Jaguars' last padded practice prior to the scrimmage said doing enough isn't enough. Yeah. Which is pretty similar to your sentiment just now. That's a pretty smart guy right there, Miles Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, and that was one of my favorite thing, probably my favorite thing I've ever heard Miles Jack say. Yeah. He's had limited appearances in front of the media, but he's talked to the media several times. And just hearing that, all I thought was Paul Puzlesny. Yeah. That's a little clone <laughs> right there. Yeah. And that's what you want. Yeah, that's absolutely what Just, you want. If you have Paul Puzlesny's mind and Miles Jack's body, you have a Hall of Fame football player. Yeah, I'm straight up. <laughs> yeah, good lord. So oh if, if if Jack can really take on that role, like like we're talking about, um, it'll be super special for the for the entire defense, really, and special especially for the linebacking group. Now, we also want you to take a look at the fringe players. We realize we've just gone over an hour here, but we're going to keep it going for a few more segments. Probably keep you up for 15 to 20 more minutes here. Uh, we need you to watch the fringe players. Keelan Cole, Shane Wynn, 
James Sample's no longer a fringe player. Uh, Tyler Patman, he's certainly a fringe player. He was a guy that at cornerback didn't have a chance to make the roster, but he's played his way into a competition really with, in my opinion, Josh Johnson or maybe even Jalen Myrick, who I thought was going to be a lock to make the team. Tyler Patman's been better than him so far, bottom line. Yeah, I would I would say just keep an eye on any of the defensive backs just because yeah. they might play a big part in this season. Yeah, you're not going to see Ramsey and Colvin, it seems like, certainly tomorrow. So you're going to see a lot, of, a lot of guys that might not be on the team. So who stands out positively or negatively is going to be something to watch. Now, we're going to take you around the AFC South here real quick. Every team in the NFL is playing a preseason game this week. I think I saw something where the next five days, yeah, we were five that. consecutive days, there's NFL football. Yeah, all Woo. 32 teams, five days, football, baby. That's awesome. Let's do it. Texans at Panthers tonight. That's going to start before this podcast is even up on SoundCloud. Um, maybe. Maybe not. We'll see how it goes. Deshaun Watson versus Tom Savage is the obvious story and. Bigger than that is just Deshaun Watson as a whole. Uh, I doubt Tom Savage is going to hold off Deshaun Watson based on all the comments you've heard out of Texans camp. You've heard Bill O'Brien rave about him. You've heard just so many sources rave about Watson and his poise. Every game that Deshaun Watson plays in the NFL where he looks good, Jaguar fans are looking back at that number four pick. Yep. You took Leonard Fournette, a running back who should be great, but you took him over a quarterback who could be great. They're always going to be tied together here in Jacksonville. I've written an article about that before. You know, those two careers are going to be heavily monitored every year from here on out, Mm -hmm. and they're going to get to face each other twice a year. Yeah. Now, they won't ever be on the field at the same time, but those two teams are going to be going at it, and... We might get to see early dividends on on those uh, investments week one if Deshaun Watson ends up being the starter. We know Leonard Fournette's the starting running back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. I don't care where he lines up in the preseason, if he's second string or co-starter. Week one, first running back touching the ball is going to be Leonard Fournette. Coach one win, coach got to put Booby in the game. That's right. <laughs> Leonard Fournette is freaking... Uh, Jacksonville's version of Permian Panthers Booby Moss. If you haven't seen Friday Night Lights movie, I strongly recommend it. If you're listening to this, you're probably a football fan. So go check it out. One of the best football movies I've ever seen. Bar none. Titans and Jets. Ironically enough, the Jets used to be the Titans. (laughs) Take on each other uh, at the Meadowlands Saturday. For me, the storyline with this game for the Titans is their starters really should dominate on both sides of the ball. The Jets do not have what you would consider a dangerous offense. No. They got rid of pretty much every threat they had besides Matt Forte on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. And on the defensive side of the ball, they certainly have a lot of talent in New York, but they don't have the experience. Mm-mm. Jamal Adams is starting for the first time. I'm assuming Marcus May is starting. He'll be out there for the first time. Outside That's your the, two safeties. Outside mm-hmm. the D-line, I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, they've still of got players. that D-line talent. They've got Leo. 
<laughs> Leonard Williams, Williams who uh, Shelton Richardson will always be compared to Dante Fowler in Jacksonville, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, anyways, I want to see God. Eric Decker. Eric is facing his whole team. I am like when Eric Decker got cut, I did not think anything about the Titans, and I was like, as soon as they actually signed him, I was like, shit, he's good. Now they have Corey Davis, who I don't know if he's good to go or not. Yeah, no, he's been practicing. Uh, Corey Davis, Eric Decker, Delaney Walker. I mean, the Titans starters should dominate the Jets starters tomorrow. Yeah, if they don't, that's a sign. For... That's more of a story than if they won by 40. <laughs> right. I, I totally agree. Um, so then you've got Colts versus Lions. The Colts are the only AFC South team that are hosting a game this week. Uh, they play on Sunday. How will the new look Colts defense play? I mean, Malik Hooker and Quincy Wilson are roommates. They are really bonding together, and they are really special football players. Yeah. Malik Hooker, me and you talked about it. He could be the best player in this last year's draft, yeah. 2017 draft. And a guy who takes the ball away. And with the quarterback that we have, maybe the closest, <laughs> maybe the closest to Earl Thomas that we've seen, yeah, come out since Earl Thomas. Just be so rangy and have a knack for getting to the football. I think Thomas probably brings the wood a little uh, bit yeah. better, but Hooker probably plays the ball a little bit better. Yeah. So it, it's a, it's going to be interesting to watch that Colts uh, secondary, and hopefully we'll see a little bit of Golden Tate and uh, Marvin Jones. Mm. For the Lions, so we can see a real test out there yeah. for those guys. So uh, that's going to do it for the AFC South matchups this week. We'll get into our PFF minute here. Chris Ivory led NFL running backs in yards per route from weeks 10 to 17 last season. Thoughts? Well, of course he did. <laughs> I mean, no, nobody, like, no one expected that. I mean, all the talk about Jaguars running backs that are good at receiving the ball out of the backfield is T.J. Yeldon. Yeah. Everyone this offseason has been like, even people that don't love T.J. Yeldon are admitting, yes, he should be a very good third down back back. that can block and also catch the ball out of the backfield. Yet we see a stat like this. What does that tell you about Ivory? Without going back and actually looking at what it was, I mean, I know they threw, they like to throw the screens to him or throw to him on the flats. Um, I think he broke one for a decent Definitely. amount. And that's that upped his average. But you he, want your receivers to do that. That's production. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> that's what he should be doing. Yeah. So, I mean, and with with uh, TJ Yeldon, I know he was, he's been kind of banged up the past couple of years. You know, missing I games feel for here that, and there. Because I really do think he is a better football player than Chris Ivory. And I know you disagree, but <laughs> I just like him. Let's see. Let's get everyone. I, I've been amazed how healthy we've been. We've lost. Oh, you know, shame on you. I, I've so Stop. far just up Stop. to this point. No, Scott's absolutely right. We've talked about the injuries. There's no major injuries except for Carson Tinker. Who's your long snapper? He's a glue guy, but at the end of the day, long snapper out of every starting job, 
If he's doing probably the most replaceable. If he's doing his job, he's not talked about. Right, and that's, that's and kind that's of similar thing. to the kicker and in the punters. Exactly. Yeah. Special teams in general, besides mm-hmm. guys that are doing the return, yeah. they get all the glory. <laughs> but yeah, they have been relatively healthy. Uh, so yeah, Chris Ivory just dominating out of the backfield in that time period, and uh, now Blake Bortles. His stat that we have for you today from Pro Football Focus isn't quite as positive as Chris Ivory's. Blake Bortles led the league in the percentage of passes batted at the line in 2016, but he was tied with another AFC South quarterback, Andrew Luck. What does this tell you? Uh, I think it definitely has, for Luck, has something to do with a crap offensive line. Yeah. For Bortles, it has to do with a little bit Every once in a while, pressure getting to him too quick. But the release was slower last year. This year, it looks like it's tightened up. It looks like it's quicker. Uh, the footwork, getting the ball out faster. Maybe kind of staring down, staring down guys. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Keep an eye on uh, passes batted at the line here in 2017 and make sure to keep an eye on that tomorrow night when the Jaguars take on the Patriots at 7.30. Keep one, let one walk. Scott has no idea what I'm about to ask him. Uh If he does, he's found a way to hack into my computer. (laughs) Which, if that's the case, that's a whole other story. And hopefully that's not an issue for me. Even though uh, a certain uh, family member of Scott's does have some computer hacking experience. Yeah, Papa so Clyde. So I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> but this is an unprecedented keep one level. Uh-oh. And I think it's what I would like to do every week from now on. <laughs> uh, the Jaguars are about to embark on a season that has a minimum of 20 games, including the preseason. So they're going to be facing facing off against another team 20 times from here till the end of the uh-huh. year. Yeah. We're going to do a keep one, let one walk every week from here on out for a Jaguar player and an opponent's player at that position. Ah. Okay. So this week we are doing AJ Boye versus Malcolm Butler. Who do you want? Ooh. They oh, both man. just got some contracts. Yeah, they both did get paid. Both sitting pretty. Malcolm Butler's Super Bowl hero. AJ Boye, upstart, who was a top two cornerback in the eyes of Pro Football Focus last year. Mm-hmm. And in the eyes of many, was the the guy to get in free agency this offseason. I think that Butler is a much more physical corner. Um, he's the guy who famously in the Super Bowl against. Seattle. But Boye is known for his physicality. To an extent, yeah. I would think of him I mean, as... you a, watched his tape last year. That's no, a he, physical tape. I'm not saying he can't get physical, yeah. but pressing at the line, jamming receivers before they can get in their route, I think Malcolm, Malcolm Butler has the edge on him a bit. But for what he would be here in Jacksonville, I think A.J. Boye is perfect in this position. Because you have... Jalen Ramsey on the other side. A guy who can already do that, who's a physical freak, who's strong, who's fast, who can do it all. I would... Of course, I'm biased. 
because yeah. I, I I raved I raved about AJ Boye last year when he was on the Texans, um, but I I would take Boye because in what our situation is with Jalen Ramsey being able to be on a more physical position and let uh, AJ Boye kind of be a te- more of a technician. Um, plus, I just love I like my boy AJ. He's my, he's my dude. I mean, I think if you pulled the entire NFL, this would be a very close, yeah. uh, close vote. Both very similar situations too. Being, I think they were both undrafted. Um, didn't really. They were very unheralded until yeah. a year or two ago, and well, they just popped Butler's up. Butler's coming out party nationally was that Super Bowl where the yeah. Patriots beat the Seahawks. But really, his coming out party was that entire playoffs. Yeah. He played very well. It's a really tough call for me. Like I, I came up with this earlier, and I thought it was a great question. I still think it's a great question because, like, as I'm sitting here talking, I'm only stalling because I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to say. <laughs> so I'm going to say, for argument's sake, Malcolm Butler because he's proven to be able to turn the ball over. Yeah, he's proven physically. Uh, yeah, it's hard for me to really defend my stance that much. Either way, I you can easily I, say AJ Boye <laughs> too, but then I'm like, damn, Malcolm Butler's really good. I don't know. You you, you can't really lose. It's not really. It's a win win. Boye's got better size. Yeah. Uh, you can give him that. He might be similar as a technician. They're both great. Great players. It's going to be interesting to see who is better this year. And now that we've talked about this, we'll have to monitor that all oh, yeah. season. <laughs> Who's better, AJ Boye or Malcolm Butler? And I think this will be a fun way to uh, keep 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 one, let one walk going. And to, and to highlight the coming matchups to right. see, like, hey, keep an eye on this guy. See who wins the battle. Absolutely. We can maybe maybe next week we can announce a winner of who won. Yeah. This week. Yeah, I'm down week. to do that. We can definitely take a look at that. Um, and maybe we can actually make keep one, let one walk a poll yeah. from now on. We're constantly evolving. <laughs> yeah, we're evolving as we speak. But that's going to do it for our show. Make sure to tune in tomorrow night if you're not going to the game. Jaguars at Patriots preseason game one. Watch Blake Bortles. Watch that defensive line. But most of all, just sit back and enjoy Leonard Fournette. Yeah. That man is special. I'm going to pound it home until it actually happens, and it's going <laughs> to happen. Leonard Fournette is a special football player. That's going to do it for our show. Thanks again to Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jack podcast. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. Make sure to follow our co-host who isn't with us today, Hunter Evans. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach H underscore Evans. Follow Scott Klein. We'll be keeping you up to date on all the latest Jaguars news. You can follow him on Twitter at Scott Klein one Follow myself, Jordan DeLugo, at Jordan DeLugo. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-D-E-L-U-G-O. I, I usually don't spell it out for you guys. So really uh, savor the moment. I usually tell you if you don't know how to spell Jordan, that's your own fault. But that's going to do it for our show today. Make sure to check us out at ginjack.com. 
You can sign up for the membership for only $40. Covers you for the whole season uh, doing tailgates with free beverages, free food, and you get a lot of sponsor discounts. And also, make sure to come out to Briggs Tap House if you're available tomorrow night. Generation Jaguar will be out there representing the Jags. And uh, they have lots of great drink specials, like we said earlier in the show. So come out and see us. We'd love to talk with anyone. You can tell us how bad we suck live on air or tell, tell us how much you enjoy listening to us. Either way, it doesn't really matter. We'd love to talk to you. And uh, thanks for listening to us, as always. Uh, again, this is our 39th episode, which is really hard to believe. We'll be getting into our 40th episode next week and we'll be previewing the Jaguars and the Bucks and we'll be talking a little bit about Jaguars and Bucks joint practices. This is the first year I believe the Jaguars have ever done two joint practices. Um, again, they were in New England this week hosting Tampa next week. Going to be a lot of fun. Make sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Use hashtag #GenJag hashtag if you ever want to be featured in any posts. That I just realized that means yeah. we're going to be on Hard Knocks. We are going to be on Hard Knocks. Scott brings something to the forefront. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you didn't, if you didn't see yet, are the team featured on Hard Knocks yeah. this season. So I don't know. Will Will HBO be filming joint practices between the Jaguars and Buccaneers? Oh yeah, they did it with the uh, mem- with the, the, the Texans and Redskins when they did it up in. As uh, long as Tom Coughlin yeah. approves, I bet that's something they talked about when they oh, talked yeah. about doing joint practices. Well, you know they're going to be at the game. You get to at least see them at, at the least game. at the game. Absolutely, oh, yeah. but the two yeah. practices that'll be even something more of a treat. So that's definitely something for Jaguar fans to look forward to next week. Uh, Hard Knocks comes out on HBO. Shameless plug for them. Gosh. HBO, 10 p.m. (laughs) Yeah, they don't need our help. But HBO, 10 p.m. every Tuesday. I I would imagine we won't be on next Tuesday, but probably the Tuesday following. Yeah, it's typically a week behind, I think. So that'll be really fun to see. Yeah, that's awesome. Good call, Scott. And uh, again, that'll do it for our episode. Thanks for tuning in, Duval. Make sure to rate us on iTunes. You can listen to us on iTunes podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud. Check out the website. Give us your feedback. We live for feedback. Uh, That's really what drives our whole brand. So we really look forward to it. Have a great Wednesday night, Duval, and go Jags. Thanks so much for listening to the GenJag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Online at GenJag.com. Twitter at Generation Jag. Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Block and teal all day. We'll catch you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.